Ganondorf is one of the smartest recurring villains in gaming history. While he has raw strength on his side, seeing that even more so in Twilight Princess and Wind Waker and magical abilities, he's one of the more cunning antagonists in gaming as a whole, and probably the most manipulative. Just look at what the guy did to poor Zant and Young Link in Ocarina of Time. While most Nintendo villains out of Xenoblade and Fire Emblem are kind of vessels for people who are extremely powerful physically, Ganondorf really is the full package, and I think we're going to be seeing the Demon King at his most powerful we've ever seen him in Tears of the Kingdom, releasing in almost three weeks time. But I don't want to talk about his physical or magical power in this game today. I want to talk about Ganondorf's potential plan to bring the Kingdom of Hyrule to its knees, since he has to have a plan. He can't have sit in this chamber for 10,000 years and not thought of a plan. He even conjured Calamity Ganon in his sleep. This man has to have something cooking. So let's discuss some of my own theories and some fan theories on what Ganondorf is planning in Tears of the Kingdom, starting from the beginning of the game all the way to the end. Though I'm sure he'll be doing a ton of stuff in the middle, we just don't have the foggiest idea of that just yet. Make sure to subscribe for just a ton of videos before the game releases, and let's get started with his resurrection. Like I said, I will be going through some fan theories, so I'll mention the whole demise theory very briefly at the end. But going off of my beliefs, we've pretty much seen Ganondorf's entire resurrection now, and I think that's completely fine and is actually a decent way of marketing the game considering the mystery of rehydrated Ganondorf. We see Ganondorf wake up. He more than likely then shoots the malice we see crawling up Link's arm at the hero. Past this, we're kinda left in the dark, but I think we can make some safe guesses. Considering we've seen that the cave seems to be rumbling, that more than likely has something to do with the Gerudo King. Maybe he splits the cavern in two and simply flies out using the malice that's been built up over 10 millenniums. Either that or he'll cause an earthquake in the cavern purely to try and harm the hero, the princess or both. Which may end up happening if Zelda's glow doesn't mean anything. Though she'll seemingly be fine. Probably. Judging by the latest trailer, I'd wager a guess that the king would return to Hyrule's surface and rest atop this altar. Though I'm not sure where this place is just yet. In this time, he'd likely use every single inch of his built-up power to return his body to its previous form, therefore giving him that physical ability back, since, whoever you are, it'd be hard to physically fight people with a katana if you just look like one of the monks. Unless you're Monk Maskosha, but that one's beside the point, so whatever. This absolute flood of malice wouldn't just affect the user, but would shoot up into the sky, causing what we see here, what seems to be a beam of malice flying into the sky and affecting the clouds. On initial watches of the trailer, I believe this to be a superfluous detail, symbolising him bringing all of these enemies into the world. With it would come, I dunno, some new enemies that we haven't seen before, or maybe it'd just use up previous enemies. Just like we've seen happen to the Bokoblins and maybe even the Lynels. But after much comment reading, I think I'm on a lot of your guys' side. I think that this shot could show Malice overpowering the Sky Barrier. Whether this is intentional or not is less clear to me. Personally, I'd say it's a result of his hatred, rather than something he wanted to do, showing his sheer power to longtime Zelda fans in the process. But what happens after this point? Well, I'm assuming that something has happened to Link while all of this is going on. Maybe he blanks out, or he's still making his way out of the cave. Either way though, Ganondorf would have plenty of time to set his plan into motion. After an age of planning, he'd have it done with time to spare. And what's the first thing that he would do? He'd want to torture the races that stood against him 10,000 years ago and now. So let's go one by one and discuss what he might do to fight against each race in Hyrule. And even outside of the surface of Hyrule considering we're talking about the new trailer. Let's start with the Hylians themselves. Nothing too harsh seems to be happening in Hateno Village just yet, but considering they are Link's race, I can't imagine Ganondorf feels like he needs to do anything to them. At least not until he rules over the lands. 
Killing their hero would be all he needs. Next, Ganondorf's own race, the Gerudo. Even in his newest shots, he's still wearing Gerudo jewellery, implying he still resembles a Gerudo, and I presume he wants his character to be the one sculpted for future Gerudo, since he wouldn't have any ties to the people who live in the desert right now, and they'll likely oppose him in Tears of the Kingdom. So we've already seen that he's going to be doing some damage in the desert. Most devastatingly for the Gerudo would be Molduga herds and sinkholes. Molduga herds would prevent the people of Gerudo Town from going anywhere else in the entire map. They wouldn't be able to get outside to help unless somebody came from out of nowhere and helped them out. And that's a recurring theme with what Ganondorf is doing to each race in this game. He's rendering each race kinda useless. Sinkholes would also make walking around harder, though not as hard as a pack of Moldugas running at you. There's a sandstorm in the background of this sinkhole shot too, but it's unclear whether this has been kicked up by the Moldugas, or if it's just been conjured in another way. Finally, we see something lifting out of the Gerudo Desert. I've seen some conflicting opinions on this, but here is a tweet from Defunct Puma on Twitter. The area this structure seems to be from is somewhere in the middle of the Arbiter's Grounds and the Great Fairy Fountain in Breath of the Wild. This personally tells me it's still possibly Arbiter's Grounds. If it is, then the Demon King might have plans to use it as a prison himself at some point in the future, though we wouldn't see that in-game I don't think. It's still disrupting everyday Gerudo's life though. There's also the chance it's a temple Gandalf is going to use as his base of operations but I guess we'll see. I think it's worth noting that from what we've seen in the next game, no one seems to have died in the Gerudo hierarchy, which means that there's still less overall damage being done here than there seems to have been done elsewhere in the game. Speaking of which, let's talk about the race that might be taking the brunt of Ganondorf's force, the Zora. Why do I say this? Well, Sidon is fighting alongside Link in this shot. Nothing seems off, right? Well, if we go to this shot a little later in the trailer, we can see the Zora crown atop Sidon's head. Is this sufficient evidence that King Dorothan is dead by this point in the game? Considering we also see the Goron champion in this shot for a frame or two, as well as the rest of the champions, I'm guessing this is right at the end of the game, possibly even right before the final fight, since you've probably had to have saved each race from their respective troubles. Could we actually see Ganondorf kill him? From a story level? I hope so. But at the same time, my boy Sidon shouldn't have to go through that. But yeah, I really do hope it happens, honestly. It'd bring the Zora people to their knees as they have to rely on a new king. Somebody who is definitely ready for their part to play, but isn't quite sure on how to play that part. I think it would make Sidon a genuinely great character, and it'd show Ganondorf's power considering that the king could fight a guardian. I think it would make Sidon a way better character, not just in the series, but in the realm of gaming. Along with this, Ganondorf, or whoever else is pulling the strings in the Lanero region, also seems to be dropping this tar-like substance all around the lake beds of Hyrule. In this shot, we can even see this line dropping directly into the water. Not to mention, the water around the Lanero region just looks very brown, especially when compared to the water in the ocean. This is important because, well, the Zora have to swim in that water, and if that water functions similarly to the mud-like substance of the bottomless swamp, then the Zora aren't going to have a very good time trying to swim in it, leading to the death or severe injuries of multiple Zora. Not to mention it also leads to them not being able to help in battle, since they wouldn't be able to use their unique abilities in battle. Though they still should be able to outsource help since Zora can walk around too. The Rito are a tricky one. There seems to be a barbarian ship with Rito symbols flying around in the Hebra region, or at least somewhere in the cold. But I don't think that amounts to much in this conversation specifically. Over in their area, there's a couple of notable happenings. One, Teba seems absent. I've seen a lot of people suggest that this is because of Rito people's lower lifespan. And while this is true, Teba was able-bodied and only just working up to his prime in Breath of the Wild. Tulin is definitely older in Tears of the Kingdom, but by how much? 
Well, it's definitely not any more than five years older in my eyes. So even if Teba was 20 years of age and their lifespan was 30, he'd still have around five years left in the tank. I'd personally argue he'd only just be coming to the end of his prime, which leads very nicely into what I hope has happened to Teba. Much like Sidon, he'll have to take the mantle of king to his people, though down to their more laid-back nature, this would amount to the Rito just calling him a chieftain. I don't think the question here should be if Teba died of old age, but more so if Kennelly, the village elder in Breath of the Wild, has died by this point. And since Teba would be getting to the end of his prime, I'm sure he'd think that the events of Tears of the Kingdom would be a great time for his son to finally get some practice in to be a true descendant of both Rivali and himself. The final thing to talk about so far in my eyes is a giant storm above the Heba region, potentially damaging how much the average non-warrior Rito can fly. We see Tulin flying in a storm, but I imagine this is a very big deal to him in the actual game, otherwise there'd be a ton of Rito helping out the hero and him. While what Ganondorf seems to have planned for the Rito isn't as long-winded as the plans for the Zora, they're still fairly sinister, which brings us on to the final fully different race of people, the Gorons. Before we get into them, it's important to set the stage for you who do not know. It seems like there's going to be numerous tiers in the game that we'll be collecting or saving or something. Zelda and the new figure seem to have one, or maybe two between them. Sidon seems to have one, Dorito appeared to have one, Riju may have one. I personally think Link has one built into his new hand from the get-go from the way it glows too, and Ganondorf has one. So now back to the Goroms. They're both the easiest and hardest to figure out when it comes to the Demon King's plans. I've seen a lot of people suggest that Ganondorf has the tear for the Goroms since the tear in his head is red. I've also seen people suggest that Ganondorf has two different tiers since he's been seen with a more greyish tier and this red one. I personally think that the tier is more pronounced when it's used and that's the main difference here, so I think he just has the one, and he's had it for a very long time. I can't imagine him changing out tears in his head whenever he wants to use another, so I'm under the assumption that this tear in his head is red when used and grey otherwise, which makes less sense lore-wise since we see Zelda holding this tear, but from a gameplay perspective I think it holds up since it'll give you a chance to know when an attack is coming in his fight. It's more of a function than a field decision in my eyes. Plus, we see Ganondorf with a red tier in this battle art, so there's that too. With this in mind, I don't think he's stolen a tier from the Gorons, though it is weird that they're keeping it under wraps who this Goron is. I think they'll have their own tier in game and it'll just be a different colour than we were expecting considering the Gerudo tier has to be orange and Ganondorf's tier is red, which connotates to power in pretty much any part of media and this series. On the less speculative grounds though, we've seen far less lava in the Elden region, but it seems to be that most of it is still underground in this section of the trailer. I think we'll be clearing out the malice blockage that's likely preventing the lava from seeping out into the open, but what does this achieve from Ganondorf's perspective? Well, lava is known to create igneous rocks, so while it wouldn't do much much to the race short term, it leads to a lot of panic for the future. Now we come on to the Koroks, and I don't have much more to add on here than I've suggested in the past. Unless I'm mistaken, we still haven't had a real shot of the Deku Tree being in his usual position, so in my eyes, the worst thing that could have happened to the Koroks is that the tree dies, or is at least sent into the air. And considering the sky barrier theory, or the islands not coming from the earth in general, I think it's actually easier to assume that the tree has been killed and possibly torn down somehow, though these are heavily speculatory claims in a video that's more based in facts, so let's move on. The Sheikah and the Yiga. Well, I have a dedicated video on the Sheikah coming in the next few days, so I'll dig a little bit into this then, but the Yiga? 
Well, I have exactly one shot and one idea that the Jaeger might have something to do in Tears of the Kingdom. We've seen Ganondorf resurrecting older enemies in the series, such as Gliok. I imagine he'd be able to resurrect somebody who likely died much sooner, and we see this shot in the latest trailer that looks like it was taken in the bottomless pit in the Jaeger hideout, exactly where we saw Master Koga meet his demise in Breath of the Wild. Could we see a goofily unaware Koga fighting the hero? Well, I'm not here to come to solid conclusions right now, but I definitely hope so. Plus, some of you guys might be able to do more justice on this idea than I can. I won't be talking about the Zonai today, since they might be a part of Ganondorf's journey that he hadn't planned for, but there is one more set of people I've yet to mention. The Mushroom Dudes. I can't imagine Ganondorf has done too much to upset them, apart from exposing the caves that would have potentially been their home before the events of the game takes place. So what's happening over the course of the game? While I imagine he's having his minions start to take over the kingdom for him if Hylian's fighting monsters is of any kind of importance, and we've seen that certain Bokoblins carry backpacks on their back that carry items, just like how we see this Bokoblin holding Choo Choo Jelly in this bag here. While this stuff might not do anything gameplay-wise, it could hammer home that Ganondorf is truly trying to take over Hyrule. He's trying to disturb the natural order, that same sense of adventure that was so prevalent in Breath of the Wild. There are also malice vents around the map. From a gameplay sense, we also don't know what these do yet, but from a story perspective, this also furthers his goal of taking over the kingdom. One fan theory is the theory that Ganondorf has locked Zelda into the Sacred Realm and this was his plan from the start. Honestly, I'm not too sure of that, and I don't think there's enough evidence for me to personally believe that's true or false at the minute. I think we'll have to wait until release to see if that speculation piece is right. It's kind of similar with Demise, to be honest. There's a lot of references and stuff, but I'm not sure of this myself either. I'm in the camp that believes this shot is just Ganondorf, but I'll entertain the idea for the video. Ganondorf's endgame could be the second coming of Demise, or more likely in my opinion, is that Ganondorf fails to break the cycle yet again. He fails to destroy the kingdom, which leads to Demise coming out as the final boss fight. Though this makes no sense, so I think that's as far as I'm going to take the idea. One final fan theory I've seen running around to do with this plan is that Ganondorf is going around the map and grabbing all of the tears over the course of the game. I also personally don't think there's enough evidence to suggest this either, though it is definitely a possibility. Sure, some of his jewellery could hold other tears and there's been two differently coloured tears sighted in his head, but I suggested why I don't think they're two different tiers already. And on top of that, I just don't think there'll be a real reason for Link to traverse dungeons at that point, especially if the story is linearly sold with an open world. I like the theory, and I think it'll be cool in-game, and if it happens, then cool. But for now, it's speculation, and that's about it in my opinion, much like a lot of what we've talked about, to be honest. Saying this, I could see Ganondorf taking each tier from each champion in what might be the final fight, and we see a shot of this about to happen in the final trailer. But honestly, at this point, we're not speculating on Ganondorf's plan, but more so what ends up happening in the game through way of the hero, and that's not what we're here for today. What else do you think is a part of Ganondorf's plan, and do you think I'm pretty spot on with what I said in this video, or am I dead wrong? Let me know in the comment section, and I'll get a reply or heart over to everyone. Please subscribe for more weekly content in the lead up to Tears of the Kingdom's release, and you'll join the 22% of people who are watching that are subscribed. Plus, like the video if you enjoyed it, it helps me a ton. Thank you to all of my amazing Patreon supporters and members, with an extra special thank you to Sumji and Jared Whedon as usual. Thank you all for watching, and I will see you soon. Please stay safe.